Chapter 15 of The Ocean of Air, Meteorology for Beginners. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Miles. The Ocean of Air, Meteorology for Beginners by Agnes Shaburn. About Condensation chapter fifteen about condensation just as a sponge will hold a certain quantity of water and no more so the air will hold a certain quantity of vapor and no more but the sponge will hold the same amount of water at all times the air will not hold the same amount of vapor at all times whatever supply may be hidden in the air at any particular moment one never can be sure how long that supply will be able to stay there for the question, how much water can the air contain, hinges on another question. How warm is the air? Warm air can hold more vapor than cold air. Hot air can hold more vapor than warm air. The carrying capacities of air for vapor depend upon its warmth or coldness. Happily, the very warmth which makes water to evaporate more quickly also makes the air able to hold a larger supply of vapor. So, in the long run, though not instantly, a change of temperature tells in both ways. Suppose a layer of cold air lies over a lake, receiving more and more vapor until it is quite full. The drying of the lake then grows very languid from the fact of the saturated air weighing down upon it and refusing to take in any more vapor. Perhaps it may even stop altogether. If by any means you could suddenly make the cold mass of air warmer, it would be full no longer. It would receive from the lake fresh vapor supplies until again saturated. Another rise of temperature would bring about the same result. These variations of temperature do in fact happen constantly from different causes. Now let us view the question the other way. A layer of warm air floats over a pond, and water is vapor, passes freely into the air till the latter is, in childish parlance, as full as it will hold. Then a current of cold air from elsewhere comes creeping into the warm air, gaining some heat for itself and also cooling the warm air rapidly down, perhaps two or three degrees. What is to happen next? Cold air cannot possibly hold so much vapor as warm air. The warm air, having been saturated to its utmost extent, must, now it has grown colder, be more than saturated. If you have a large sponge full of water, as full as it will hold, and you give it a slight squeeze, what happens? You make the sponge smaller by your squeeze. Consequently, it is unable to hold so much water. Consequently, a few drops are pressed out. Something analogous to this happens with the atmosphere. The current of cold air acts upon the warm as your hand acts upon the sponge, giving it virtually a gentle squeeze. Thereupon, some drops of water are pressed out. Occasionally, no doubt, the new current of air, though cold, might be so dry as to have power to drink in all the moisture which the other air could no longer hold. In that case, no change would be apparent. Very often, however, the results of the squeeze are plainly manifest. Manifest how? As already said, by drops of water being squeezed out. The analogy of the sponge, however, fails us here, for the drops from the sponge are large and they fall to the ground. 
the drops pressed out of the atmosphere are extremely small and light so much so that they float in the air like very fine water dust as one has said all of them so floating in close company make a mist or fog this is how the mist comes from the steam which pours from the funnel of a steam engine the heat of the engine fires turn the water in the boiler to steam when the steam first rushes out into the air it is invisible but the air outside already more or less laden with vapor cannot in one moment receive such a quantity of vapor so a good deal of it has to turn hastily into tiny floating drops of water streaming like a white cloud from the engine as fresh relays of unsoaked air come in contact with this cloud of fog the minute drops are sucked up and soon the whole vanishes whether the mist vanishes slowly or fast depends on the kind of day if the air is dry and thirsty the newly made fog seems to melt away as if by magic but if the air is nearly saturated with damp the tail of fog from the engine hovers a long while in the air before it can be hidden away on a dry day by the seaside one may see the funnels of distant steamers carrying a short banner of steam which fast evaporates on a damp day long trails of white or gray fog from those same funnels will lie far round the horizon we have already learned that the passing of water into vapor is called evaporation the passing of vapor into water is called condensation these two evaporation and condensation are exactly the opposite each of the other if a tumbler of water is emptied through drying up all the water passing into the air is vapor that is evaporation if the escaping vapor were all caught as it left the tumbler were imprisoned and through the power of cold were restored as water to the tumbler that would be condensation evaporation is caused by heat the greater the warmth of a liquid the more quickly it evaporates condensation is caused by cold the greater the cold of a vapor the more quickly it condenses when water is evaporated not one particle of that water is destroyed it has only changed into vapor vanishing from our sight when vapor is condensed not one particle of that vapor is destroyed it has only changed into water returning to our sight no fairy tales or conjuring tricks were ever so truly wonderful as this disappearing and reappearing of water we are all so used to the everyday marvels of nature that we forget to be surprised yet if this were less common if we had never known or heard of the transformations of water until today if we suddenly were to see for the first time the whole circle of water changes acted out they would be to us a series of miracles it was explained earlier how by the burning of a candle water is formed not liquid water but invisible vapor slipping away silently into the atmosphere also it was explained that if a cold tumbler is held over the flame the glass is dimmed by a soft mist made of tiny water drops this is a case of condensation the cold glass acts like the cold breeze cooling down the warm air and pressing out a little of its moisture on a frosty winter's day when we take a walk a tiny fog or a cloud rushes from our lips with every breath 
Warm air, laden with moisture, pours from the lungs. Meeting the cold air without, it is abruptly chilled and has to part with some of its vapor, which changes into a mist of water drops. The mist floats for a second till the dry surrounding air has had time to drink it up. Here again is condensation, followed by renewed evaporation. In a railway train compartment filled with people, if both windows are shut, the glass will become thick with haze. This haze is formed of water, and the colder the outside air, the more rapidly it forms. Within the compartment, the air grows warm and damp, though heat and moisture poured from several throats. Being warm, it has no difficulty in carrying the supply of vapor, but the cold air outside chills the windows, and the cold glass chills the layer of air next to it. Then, some of the vapor is pressed out by the shrinking air, and is laid upon the panes as a collection of minute drops. If this goes on, one layer of air after another making its deposit, for where several people are breathing and moving, the atmosphere cannot be at rest. The tiny drops become presently so abundant as to run one into another, joining to make big drops which flow downward. When the windows are thrown open, the moisture on the panes soon vanishes. The outside air may be cold, but unless extremely damp, it will be able to receive so small a quantity of additional vapor. There, once more is seen condensation, followed by evaporation. The two are perpetually at work on earth, alternating and in opposition, neither knowing repose. The amount of vapor in the air at any one place is always changing, rarely for two minutes precisely the same, unless we accept the dead level of dryness attained to by a tropical desert. All over the whole earth water is vanishing and reappearing, going out of sight into the air and coming into sight out of the air, being evaporated and being condensed, passing from the liquid to the gaseous form and from the gaseous to the liquid form. Evaporation and condensation work in apparent opposition, yet each works into the other's hands, so to speak. Between the two is a perfect balance, which results in order and beauty, circulation and life upon our globe. When through condensation actual drops of water appear, whether as mist or fog, dew or rain, the process is also described as precipitation. The vapor-laden air gives out, or drops, or precipitates some of its surplus moisture. End of chapter 15